This is the Better Wealth Podcast with Caleb Williams. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. It's your host, Caleb Williams, and today was a really, really fun interview, uh, and I'm excited to share it with you. It was with J.G. Rossholt. He's the fifth-generation bank CEO. This is the bank that um, I worked at for four and a half years that let me take over their investment department at 19, and I can simply say this. I would not be doing what I'm doing without the leadership of J.G., and so I knew I wanted to have him on the podcast, and I, I was really adamant about it but I I really didn't know what we were going to talk about Um, because those of you that know JG or those of you that will be listening to this you're going to get the sense that he's dabbles in a lot like every day is a new day and there's just so much so so I like I've sat down I'm like okay what can we talk about and he's like I mean we could literally talk about anything but it clicked it clicked like while we were talking that the best way that we can add value is to to kind of walk through this mentorship slash being the mentee and I just have to I just have to say this because it, it really clicked I am hoping to impact a lot of people and I simply would not have the ability to impact people if it wasn't for JG's leadership and ability to come alongside me and support me and teach me and encourage me and give me responsibility and let me fail and so There are some of you that are listening to this that need to step up your game as it relates to being a mentor and pour into the next generation. And there's some of you that that are doing such a great job and I wanna encourage you to keep going. And then there are some of you that are just starting your journey. And I can very much relate because it's maybe easy to see me where I am now, Um, but when I started at the bank, I was super insecure. I was like five foot one. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And JG showed me potential that I didn't see in myself. And um, it's a really beautiful thing. And so, yeah, we're, we're, we talk about a lot. It's, it's a fun conversation. Um, but I want to encourage you to think through that as you go through the podcast. And um, enjoy because um, you get to, I'll give you a little bit of taste what I experienced for the four and a half years that I was at Community First Bank. JG, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Caleb. It's great to be here. So I've, I've shared this with my audience. They know that I'm writing a book and I dedicate it really to one person. I acknowledge one person, even though it took so many people um, behind the scenes to help me write this, but you are that person. And it is a true honor to be here, looking you in the face, thanking you. And I'm, I'm really excited. I don't know what we're gonna do on this podcast, but uh, it just, it, I just remember back to when I first started working at the bank and your leadership, um, and you believed in me even when I didn't see um, the potential that I had. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome, Caleb. It's, it's easy though. You, you've made it very easy to watch you develop i mean you've got so many incredible skills and talents and and the energy that uh you know builds success in 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 a person and you know for you to to honor me i mean i i read the inscription and it's you know i'm just ahead of your parents it's like all right that's a little bit uncomfortable i can't wait to see uh see mom and dad again but uh no it's 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 awesome i mean you're you've got such a bright future and your your understanding and grasp of of some pretty deep issues is is really cool to watch you develop because when you first started you weren't quite there and now you're uh you've, wow you're, you're I, I think I I think I grew like 
seven inches. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the, there's the height thing in growth. Yes, that, that's clear. But also just the, the, you know, the personal development, you know, watching you grow into the leader you are, watching you grow into the knowledgeable financial expert that you've become. Um, and, you know, for me watching you, the thing that tripped me and, and trip my trigger about you specifically was your curiosity. Mm. Um, you just ask great questions. Um, and it's not because you're, you're, you're nosy or they're pre-planned. It's what comes to your mind you really want to know. Mm-hmm. And that, that makes all the difference in the world for someone who's, you know, looking at building a conversation and having a relationship with people. And that's what you do as well as anybody I've seen. So I know what we're going to talk about today. It just clicked as you were talking. We're going to talk about the importance of mentorship. Okay. Um, because I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't be where I am without people pouring into my life. And I have to imagine that you've learned quite a bit these last couple of years, but it, it's been probably different being the person that's kind of been um, pouring in. But, but before we get into that, can you kind of give a little bit of overview of who you are? Because you have a quite unique story and you're a CEO of a community bank and it's not the first generation. So why don't you give the listeners kind of a, um, just a, a bio... Um, and your kind of origin story and who you are and what you get to do right now. Well, um, I'm in a in a very unique situation. I'm very blessed. Um, my great great grandfather, his name was uh, John Gilbert Rossold. He was JG as well, and I'm named after him. Um, he started the bank in 1904 with three of his sons, uh, one of them being my great grandfather. And um, you know, I believe we're the only fifth generation run bank in the state of Wisconsin. So mm-hmm. it's really a it, it's an honor, but it's also a you know a little bit of a burden. I mean, there's a whole lot of people that are looking at me and um, as you know when you when you hire people there's always that that burden in, in addition to just the you know your forefathers it's everybody today that's mm-hmm. counting on you for for everything so um, so I've been the CEO of the bank since uh, 1996 um, the year I was born. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was a, a crazy year, um, but it's 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 been a wonderful experience. Um, I've worked with just so many tremendous people, both both as employees like yourself, and, mm-hmm. and I mean the list is is really long. Um, but the customers I get to deal with, um, some just great, great people. Um, in, in addition to, you know, the, the suppliers that I work with. I mean, I, I work with, you know, people that deliver all sorts of goods to a bank that I've, I've had a chance to work with. And then all the people in the community. Right. Um, we've worked with so many nonprofits in this community. Yep. Um, and, and, I mean, we can talk about the Boys and Girls Club. I mean, I know you're, mm-hmm. you're very fond of them. Um, but Big Brothers, Big Sisters, the Humane Society, the YMCA. Um, I, I could go on and on with the, the number of, of organizations that we've had the privilege of helping out because, you know, they're doing a whole lot harder work than we are. I mean, right. it's, it's a whole lot easier to sit at a desk and and help people with their financial situations and give advice than it is to get in there with the people who really need stuff you know they I mean they don't know where their next meals coming from they don't know where they're sleeping at night Um, you know these kids don't have mentors as Mm -hmm. it is with you know boys and girls club and big brothers big sisters and the YMCA and and they don't have the you know some of the opportunities that that perhaps we have um, you know been able to experience and I'm I'm grateful for all that I have 
getting a, getting a little bit more personal. Uh, I'm married. I've got uh, five kids. Yeah, and uh, they're all all doing just awesome. Um, kind of a, a a feather in my cap. I've got well uh, two Division One athletes and one that's committed to play at a Division One school. So I'm pretty darn proud of my right. all my kids. And and someone listening, you could easily assume that. Uh, JG is saving a lot of money in college, but it's not not, not not the case with golfing, right? Not the case. I got two golfers and a baseball player, and let me tell you right now, I'm, I'm spending a lot of money on golf and, and travel. And, and then even um, my son who's playing baseball at the University of New Orleans, um, you know, he's he's going to have baseball, and then I, I'm going to have to go down to New Orleans, go watch some baseball, right? It's mm-hmm. going to be it's gonna be tough. Someone it's has to do life, it. life, right? Yeah, to go watch a, a three-game series in New Orleans over a weekend, I'm sure will torture me pretty pretty darn bad Caleb so you when did you what what age were you when you took over the bank? I, was, I was 26 you were 26 when you when you started working or when you took over the bank when I when I started when I became president and CEO of the bank yeah I'd my to take, take me back a little bit further I'd been at the bank for uh, three and a half years um, I did a did a plethora of things. Um, made mortgage loans, consumer loans. Uh, did a little bit of commercial lending, um, but really where I, I found a passion was in financial planning. I mm-hmm. actually at one point became a certified financial planner, um, which is an absolutely brueling exercise in in uh, financial knowledge. It's a marathon. It's it's really challenging exam. It was it was ten hours over two days, mm-hmm. um, but when I became president and CEO of the bank, I really didn't need those initials behind my name. I, I had enough clout because I was the CEO of a bank. People listened to me. I didn't need additional you know, leverage. Now, the great thing for me, I, I don't really care about the initials behind my name. Mm-hmm. Um, I really cared about the knowledge that came with it. Um, I, I know more about retirement planning and estate planning and you know, college planning than, than most people. Right. Um, not just scholarships for my kids, right, right, right. <laughs> um, but how to plan for those sorts of things. And, and I have a passion for that. I actually enjoy that more than I enjoy making someone alone, typically. Though right. I, I love working with, with people on their businesses. Um, mm-hmm. Got a ton of you know business clients today that we work on all sorts of different, uh, different avenues of business. Because most what we find in the banking world is people know how to do what they know how to do. So right. if you're a plumber you know how to plumb. Right. You don't necessarily know the banking aspects of plumbing, all the financials. I mean, now that, you know, you know, mm-hmm. you, you got your accountant and your attorney and your banker, you need those people to run your business. How do they integrate into it? And, and there's a lot of times when a business owner is so focused on, you know, fixing the next <laughs> drain, drain plug mm-hmm. that they don't spend any time figuring out what do I do next with my business? Mm-hmm. Um, where do I take, you know my business how do i how do i become more profitable how do i help more people you know get into the business because i'm sure and I, i'm not a plumber but for me developing talent developing people within my business is a huge huge thing for getting success um i spend a lot of time on the road today mm-hmm. um with my kids doing golf and baseball and those sorts of things um and I'm, I'm allowed to do that because I've right. trained up great people to work with me. 
there's a lot of things that I've learned from you. But the cool thing is you don't even live in Wisconsin. You live in Texas. You run a bank, but you've, you've really done a great job because the bank goes on whether you show up to work or not. Right. And that, I mean, that's, that's a testament to your leadership. And that's, I, I remember back to when I, you know, was working at the bank and we were, at, at, after board meetings, we would talk and we'd talk about the financial planning kind of role because I was so drawn into like this idea of like our money can work for us. Like right. that was so fascinating. But was, what was even cooler is the bank CEO would sit down with me and like show me different things. And I guess um, as it relates to like the difference between financial planning and banking, I know for a fact that you actually like the whole financial planning aspect better. What what are the big differences and why do you, why like, because you like running the bank better. Right, right. But what as, what are the different aspects of financial planning and banking? So what I, what I love about financial planning is there isn't anybody who you can't, can't help, mm-hmm. right? If you have money, you probably need to talk to us, right? Because right. as the, as the world changes, as the tax law changes, God love the legislators because they change the tax law so often that nobody can keep up unless you're doing it, you know, as a profession. Um, but it's a, it's a very complex thing. If you don't have money, you need us. You know, yeah. we can we can help you save. Right. And, and and I use that term very broadly. Right. But put some money aside, uh, figure out ways to create more money. Um, and and so that's there isn't anybody you can't help now in in banking there's times when you have to say no to people mm-hmm. you know hey i can't you don't have a job you don't have any money and you want to buy a you know a new ferrari no we're not going to do that for you um but there's there's circumstances where you have to tell people no and i don't like sitting in judgment right. per se of people's well you, you know you're not good enough for our, our money and i don't i don't want to be there i don't want to be that guy though i know we need to do it right it, it's the, the difference is i can help 100% of the people with financial planning mm-hmm. can't always help everybody with banking okay so you're you're listening to this podcast you have a, a dream business mm-hmm. but you're young Right, you might not have the um, the twenty years of experience. <laughs> what as a as a banker, because you you're sitting in on those meetings. You're at at some point you're making the final call. What can people proactively do to get that loan for their business? So it's interesting. Um, we're a community bank. I mean, mm-hmm. we've we've been in business since 1904, but we're we're small. We're here in Portage County, and the thing that strikes me most about young entrepreneurs you know you you take a look at what they've seen through their lives to this point and I mean you know this this is really my first podcast except for take one Um, but here on take two of the podcast world 15 years ago podcast what the heck are are you some sort of alien um you know, Facebook is what less than is what fifteen, yeah, eighteen crazy. years old. You know the way people connect, and especially young people, the way they connect is so different than us old people and how we connect. <laughs> we connect face to face, and you, you and I are right now face to face. Right. Everybody out there listening is listening in a, in a podcast kind of mode. Right. And 
you know, that relationship for a community banker is huge. I don't know how the big banks do it. Um, they crunch you through their box and you become a number and then yep. they spit out that number. And if, you, if you're good, you're good. For me, um, the, the, the piece of banking that I enjoy is when someone comes to me early enough in the process and they say, JJ, I want to do this. This is my dream. Yep. And it's not tomorrow we need to fill it. But it's, you know, a year, five years, 10 years. It depends on the person and how far they are away from what they want to accomplish. Uh, And helping them figure out how to get to what they really want to do. So if you wanted to be a plumber (laughs) and, you know, you were maybe in the process, well, working for someone in in the plumbing trade gets you one step. Starting your own plumbing business is another whole other story. Right? right. And I think you and I both kind of bond over the fact that everything takes more time and money than you think. And I'm like, I, I, I go back to you, I'm like, how in the world can you like afford to like run a business and employ all these people and have, um, it's lot, lots of respect for sure. A lot, a lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it changes your perspective on things. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I mean, right now, I mean, our entire country is embattled between the left and the right. And mm-hmm. it's it's like a crazy conversation, or I, I shouldn't even say conversation. I wish it were a conversation, no but kidding. it's just yelling yeah. back and forth. Right. And nobody's listening to what the other side has to say. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's just, it's just noise at this part. You know how do we how do we condense that and make that um, you know the conversation true mm-hmm. and and honest and, and reflective of what we need to do and and I can't remember where I was going with that <laughs> but that happens to me often. So, that's so okay, where so you you get in a job at Community First Bank. There's there's something very unique that you do with new employees. Um, you read a book. Yeah. To every single, I remember getting the job and I'm like all nervous going down. And uh, you want to explain what you read and why you read it? Sure. Um, I, I'm a I'm a huge I'm a I'm a big kid really, and and so what I do is I actually read the book by Dr. Seuss called Green Eggs and Ham, first book I ever read, um, my favorite book of all time. But it really talks about the strength of sales. Mm. It's the greatest sales book of all time. And it's that because of what it teaches you. One, it teaches you persistence. Um, I, I'm not not sure that Sam I am is exactly how I would not exactly how I would. That's teach how you sell it. a checking account, right? Yeah. Hey, would you like a checking account with a pig? You know, or in a box with a fox. Um, so, you know, when when you go to sell, the the end result in that book. The, the big ugly guy says, thank you, thank you, Sam, I am. Mm-hmm. He really appreciates what you've done for him. And if you, and I'm going to use air quotes because you guys can't see me on the podcast. If you're really selling right. and you're really helping somebody, you're doing, you're doing them a service. Yeah. And if you're selling it right, you're helping somebody else. It's not for you and what you get. It's not for the commission check. Right. It's not for the the salary that you're making. It's because you know what? You're helping people. You're putting them in a better position. And the money that comes to you, great. It's it's it, it, it's good. You need to live. I mean, right. you need to make a life doing what you're doing, but it doesn't need to be what drives you necessarily. Though ultimately I'm a very competitive person. Yeah. Um, you know, competition drives me. And so it's not necessarily the money, but you know, 
just beating the next guys right, is where right. it's fun. Is that what happened at the, on the ping pong table when we played? <laughs> yeah, well, we should. We, we, we probably don't want to talk about that. It'd probably tarnish your perfect <laughs> ter- per- perfect ping pong record, but... <clears throat> Right, right. I, I, I have a, a short memory for some some games, but I, yeah. I sure do remember the times that I beat you pretty badly. You know, <laughs> you know what's interesting about that. And I, I'm not going to call you a cheater because um, that that wouldn't be my style. Right, right. But when you bring in the paddles and you give me one of the one of the uh, pieces of wood and you get this beautiful high spin paddle, it felt like maybe you had a slight advantage. Because when we played with the same paddles, I do remember some <clears throat> drubbings the other way. Interesting. So. I, I forget those games. <laughs> now, uh, as you get older. You're gonna figure it more and more. Let me tell you, because I but I don't I don't forget those. Do you remember what you uh, told me when I was kind of in the process of taking over the investment department at the bank? You said something that really relates back to what you said earlier. Which about s- which, which part of? S- you said this to me. You said people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Right. And another thing that really stood out in what you taught me at the bank was you were like, Caleb, do the right thing for the customer. So like one of the things that you did is you empowered the people working for you to like not just go up and like, oh, I have to talk to my manager and go up up the food chain. Like you're like, no, solve the problem. Like help, like you like taught us to be like problem solvers. And, and, and then you didn't like, like babysit us. And I remember you saying like, you know, if you, because I think we were talking about like I was like how much can I spend when I'm like like how when do I have to get permission and you're like well let's just put it this way if you bought a Cadillac for a client <laughs> we would have that conversation and you probably would get your hand slapped but like your your whole message was do it and then see like uh, like figure it out and then let's talk about it well uh, you know I'm, I'm a little bit of a rebel and so you know <laughs> Asking for forgiveness is a whole lot easier than asking for permission, uh, and often I don't like the answer when I have to ask for permission. So, um, you know, asking for forgiveness, and it's not even forgiveness. It's it's and and you embodied this. Mm-hmm. You did what was right for the customer. Um, it's not about buying them gifts and doing, but you know the product choices. I mean, there's a lot of products out there, mm-hmm. and doing what's in their best interest is always do, a good idea. If you do that. Right, you're never going to be in trouble with me, right? Because you're taking care of who we need to take care of, and I think you you bought into that concept for sure in in you know your practice now, right. the business you run, um, because that's all that that's all we have, right? I mean, we have our integrity, right? We have the way we treat people, and you know you can mess that up really quickly, mm-hmm. and it's just not worth it. Um, integrity is something that is easier lost than gained. Right. And it takes a lot longer to, to gain it and, and do the right thing. And it's not one right thing. It's a series of right things over a long period of time that builds that trust. And, right. and continuously doing the right thing um, is what builds that integrity and gives you the credibility for a guy like you to dedicate a book to me. Right. Um, huge honor. But I, I think it's, it's the principles that I was taught. Right. Um, thanking my dad um, mm. for teaching me to do the right thing, um, you know, 
and and you do the right thing and and the right things will happen to you I, you know right. I, i'm i'm a, i'm a christian right. so the whole karma thing is not <laughs> what i believe but right. yeah i don't think they're wrong i right. think you know if you treat people well people will treat you well well and what's is it the zig ziglar quote that if you help other people get what they want you can get what you want or right. you'll get what you want and it's not I like it's you get what you want and it's not like this magic formula but it's like a funny thing happens when you start caring about people mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like wow it's it's like it's a it's crazy well they can sense it i mean they know and and that's the one thing two things for you mm-hmm. one was curiosity and two is your sincerity mm-hmm. i mean you care about people mm-hmm. and you can you can feel that you can sense it um ho- hopefully you gain that from me but yeah. i think tom and laurie maybe had more to do with that than me um and uh tom and laurie their parents yeah. and Caleb's parents so um, okay, so let's talk about the community first kind of aspect, um, because one of the things that I remember, you, one of the first questions that you asked me, is you're like, Caleb, like, what sets our bank apart? And so, like, I'm like 17, like four foot eleven. <laughs> I was probably like five foot, and I was like, I, <laughs> and I was like, oh crap! I'm like, um, our customer service. And you're like, yeah, I like, we have pretty good customer service. But then we went down, like, I'm like, uh, it got down to like, our money's greener. And what did, what was your answer? Because I thought it was so profound. And I'm actually running my business in such a way, partly because of this big um, lesson that I've learned, not just that day, but four years of working at a community first bank that actually did it, did things for the right reason. So explain what separates your bank and why that culture why you guys have such a strong culture as a bank. So, you know, banking is probably about the most boring business there is out there. I mean, yeah. we deal with money and even more boring than money. I mean, at least you can touch and feel money, but money today is digital. Right. It's it's an idea, it's a it's an interest rate. It's boy, boring and and hard to grasp concepts for people. So, when whenever I sat down with marketing people, they'd ask me, well, what makes you different? And it's the same question I like asking our employees because what makes us different? Why would anybody bank at Community First Bank versus anywhere else? And so, you know, clearly the answer, like you said, is our money is greener. Um, but that kind of just, you know, bounces on dead ears. And it's like, all right, well... The next obvious thing is, well, we've got higher interest rates. Well, what happens when you raise your interest rates, the bank down the street raises theirs and you have no advantage anymore. So in in banking, the highest interest rate game breaks down pretty quickly. It's a short-term game. It's a very short-term game. So it's not a price thing. We can't can't win on price. Um, So then the next logical step is customer service. But every but every bank to this point takes those three steps. No kidding. It's yeah. like you know, and that's where you started was with yeah. customer service because we, and you know, at Community First we do provide great customer service. I have no question about it. Right. And I'm not saying that other banks don't, but I'm not saying that's what differentiates us. So what differentiates Community First Bank is we put the community first. Mm-hmm. So in how we advertise and what we do, we you know we encourage our employees to get out and donate and and to participate in in some local charities and do those sorts of things, which is great. Um, and and it's kind of that's kind of where every other bank falls. But what what we do is we help them them being the nonprofits more than they can imagine. So uh, 
you take the the boys and girls club they just had a had an event that we helped sponsor and what we did for them was for about three weeks prior to the event we put it out on the radio that they were having an event mm -hmm. and they didn't pay for it we did mm -hmm. now we get to record it we get to put our f little flair on it but it's about them it's about yeah. what's going on for them. So my thought is, and my, my philosophy is, if we do right by the community, and the community is successful because we're taking care of those who need us, mm -hmm. the community's gonna take care of us as well. And I mean, we've been in business since 1904, so I think we're doing something right. Right. Um, hopefully it's having the, the kind of impact in the community that I believe it is, and it's it's, cool to see i mean i've uh, you know people people come up to me frequently and thank me for you yeah. know helping them or you know doing this or that and it's it, it, it's got a warm feeling don't, don't don't believe me there's there's personal enjoyment in yeah. giving and giving um yeah. and that's you know the ultimate in the human experience i mean maslow's hierarchy of needs it mm -hmm. starts at um you know needing air you right. know, because if you don't have air, you don't care about anything else. Right. Once you get air, it's about food, and then it's about shelter, and it goes on to, you know, altruistic needs, which is really giving back to helping others achieve what they couldn't without you. I had a very unique, I had a very unique upbringing um, because the fact is I worked at a bank that not only taught me about banking, but like, literally empowered me to do some crazy things. I mean, like I won't even get into some of the things that you let me do at the bank, but talking about marketing, the most people are like just marketing, just, hey, our interest rates are this, we're running a sale, yada, yada, yada. And like the way that you guys market is you do it on the radio, number one, which is kind of unique, but other banks do that and other credit unions do that. Um, but the second thing is when people come in and ask for money, we go one step for one step farther and say, okay, we know like it, it costs X amount to gain awareness. You don't actually need money. You need like the community to get behind you. So what if we could craft your message and share it with the whole community and then you can raise ten times more money? And that mindset I was like, wow, so like you're marketing, but you're literally impacting people and putting money and marketing and you're like using you're just being more efficient with your money right. and your message. And I'm like, there's some special, there's something special there. Well, and that's, you know, in, in the book parts that I've read of yours, because I haven't read the whole book yet, mm -hmm. but in the book parts that I've read that you've, you've given to me, you talk about efficiency a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in the ability for Community First Bank to help non-for-profits, we do all the writing, we've got the expertise in creating the ads, they don't have to do it. We right. do it, we do it, you know, every month. Right. They do it once a year for a special event. Mm -hmm. And so we've created an expertise in it. So it's a lot easier for us to, to do it, to record it. And I mean, our, our radio partners are, are, because we sign up for a year, they give us some pretty good discounts, right. greater than what the, the well, nonprofits they get. Off get. The street. Right. Yeah. Nonprofit comes in there not, you know, to do one a one-off deal. They're not going to get as good a deal as we are buying an entire year's worth of advertising. And then we get, basically give it away. Right. Um, it's, it's fun. It, it yeah. really is. 
And and the reason I bring that up is the people listening to this podcast, a lot of them are entrepreneurial, a lot of them are in business for themselves, or, or they're working for a company, and that mindset is, is really empowering. Um, we've listened and read and talked a lot about Robert Kiyosaki and the impact that he's had in both of our lives. Why don't you give a little bit of your thoughts on his his work, and then we're going to kind of finish this podcast with the idea that, okay, you can't pass on any money to someone but if you want to give someone the number one wealth piece of advice on how they can gain wealth in the future as knowing with your experience as as a financial planner as a banker what would that be and i'm kind of teeing you up because i know robert kiyosaki and his message is part of what you would pass on oh absolutely that was that was a big uh, softball there i mean robert (laughs) kiyosaki um i mean you you kind of you know turn me on to 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 his work and it's it's crazy because it got me to think differently Mm -hmm. about money uh i was a certified financial planner ceo of a bank um you know got a finance degree from arizona state university i've got you know a lot of training what robert kiyosaki teaches is is different right. it makes you think about things differently and you know his his number one asset if you will is is you it's mm-hmm. being able to think maybe outside the box and I, I hate to use that term right. but think differently about money right because what we've always been taught is and this is Robert Kiyosaki is go to school get good grades get a good job save for retirement and retire. Right. And he's like, that paradigm may have worked when there was pensions. Right. But since about 1973, when ERISA came out, it's really changed. Mm-hmm. Um, that model doesn't work as clearly. Um, to tell someone to go to school, get a good job, and live off your pension after you retire isn't a realistic situation. Right. Um, you know, when, when Social Security was created in the 1930s, it was created at a time when the average lifespan was about 62 years and the average mm-hmm. person worked to be about 70. Mm-hmm. And there was 40 people working for every one person in retirement. Right. We've changed the retirement mindset. Right. And retirement, the average retirement age is now 62 and the average lifespan is six, 78, I think. Right. So what's happened is the mathematics of Social Security doesn't work. That's why they're predicting in, in a short while it's going to be out of money. Yeah. I mean, I've heard I've heard it's years. Yeah. You know, we're not even into decades anymore. We're down to years that Social Security is going to be out of money. So the for a guy that is almost 50, not thinking about Social Security not being there when I'm going to retire right. has been a real possibility for me for a long time. So I've been planning for it. Right. Not everybody is. And if you're going to count on Social Security to provide for a retirement for you, right. it's really a mistake. And I know we're getting into some financial planning well, well, stuff. Well, what's the, what's the number one piece of advice you'd give someone about how to master their wealth? So, so Learn. Yeah. <laughs> learn learn about financial stuff. I mean, and there's there's many ways to do it. I mean, knowing knowing that there's different options. 
I mean, I uh, I listen to Robert Kiyosaki. If you talk to Robert Kiyosaki, and I haven't, I wish I could, um, and maybe someday. Um, but Robert Kiyosaki, his his wealth and his success came through real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, he and he's done a lot of other things. He's done oil and gas, and you know, gold and all sorts of different things now. But his his initial start was really in in real estate when things really took off for him. Um, I mean, he had the the Velcro wallet mm. company for a while, um, which he learned a few things about patents and you know some mm-hmm. of those other things. Um, but for him, it was learning about financial education. And, and Robert Kiyosaki, if he had a place to start, it'd be rental real estate. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he'd, he'd, you know, if we were sitting across the table, he'd say, you know, if this interests you at all, mm-hmm. it's a great place to start. And I don't, I don't disagree with him. I think it's a great place to start. Mm. But then I talk to you, and we talk about. Um, life insurance and assets. Right. What's an and asset? It's it's yeah. life insurance. You can use it. Right. And yeah. do your investments. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so it's really a cool tool to use for liquidity, for control, for right. for some of those things. And it's it's not a it, you know when someone asks me for investment advice, it's it, hard. The answer is it depends. Exactly. You know what what are you looking to do? What do you want? Where's your risk tolerance? How much? What do you have now? Where do you want to be? Right. I mean, there isn't a one simple right answer to that question. Right. Um, but yeah, but knowing more. Yeah. Investing in yourself and education and understanding why you're doing what you're doing, you can never go wrong. Right. There's different strategies, and I mean, I'm passionate about that because I wrote a book on like a, a strategy that can help you invest in yourself and invest in real estate. But like, the reality is you just got to like start taking responsibility of your life. Yep. And a funny thing happens when you change your mindset from victim to like, I'm going to, it's, it, the, it's, it's the world's at your fingertips. Yeah. So. And it, it's liberating. I mean, right. I, you know, there's, there's opportunities out there to make money. Right. And and not necessarily from your own efforts, but the concept of having your money work for you yeah. instead of you work for your money Bingo. is is Bingo. huge. And and allowing your money to do what you can't. I mean, you've got forty hours, or one hundred and sixty-eight yeah. hours in a week, really. But you're going to work forty to sixty hours a week. That's pretty limited. Right. Your money's working all the time right. once you get it working. Right. It's working 168 hours a week. That's cool. And that's yeah. pretty co- pretty cool uh, work schedule for your right. money. Not for you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for your money. And, right. and, and the goal is to, to work smarter, yeah. to do things that are wise with your money and not necessarily um, <laughs> convenient or easy. Right. Now in banking, we want your life to be convenient and easy. We do. We have a lot of different online products, and right. you know, I mean, simplicity is part of the game. But there's more to it. Right. You got to do some things that take you to that next level, and 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 there it's a base. There's there's a base financial knowledge that you need, and base financial assets. I mean, as a f- personal financial planner, certified personal financial planner. You gotta take care of your base. I mean, right. if something happens, you gotta have some money, some cash in the bank to fall back on. Right. You don't want to have to sell stock or sell a real estate investment. You're getting up or, control. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know all those control issues. You, you you can't give that up. You gotta have some money. Right. Set in a bank. Hey, that's a good idea, Caleb. <laughs> I'm glad you thought of it. Um, okay. So, but, uh, but once you get past that, the next level is here, here's some liquidity options. 
mm-hmm. you know, you know, do I want to tie it up? Do I want to keep it, you know, and, the, and the, there's trade-offs with every investment. Mm-hmm. And so there isn't one right investment, um, but there's better ways to do it. And, you know, that's what you wrote your book about yep. is one of, one of those ways. So final question. It's our it's time has flown. Yes. Legacy. <laughs> uh, I, I call it the legacy question. If you, if you had, if this was one of your last conversations um, to the people that you love the most, what would you, what would you tell them? Encourage them? What would you try to pass on if you could pass on one thing? I would pass on the <laughs> the, the the basic two principles of of the Bible for me. Mm-hmm. And that's love God and love people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do those two things well, and you know I think your life is is better for it. Mm-hmm. So those those are the two things. Uh, that, that, that's two. That's fine. We'll 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 we'll, we'll wrap it all in. <laughs> love, love God, love people. I love it. Thank you so much for being here. All right. Thanks, Caleb. Thank you so much for listening to the Better Wealth Podcast. Make sure you press subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or your favorite podcast player.